Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Get up, get up, get up. Go Simon. Get up, get up, get up. Go Simon. Get up, get up, get up. It's the Get Up Show. New podcast. <laughs> what was that again? Big bang. Welcome, friends, to episode six of the Simon Says Podcast. I wanted to say right up front that I've discovered there are multiple Simon Says Podcasts. One that I particularly uh, respect is Scott Simon from NPR has a Simon Says Podcast. Does he really? I don't know how familiar you guys are with Scott Simon from NPR, but I used to do an impersonation of that whole lineup back in the day. It goes like this. I'm Scott Simon. I'm Linda Wertheimer. I'm Noah Adams. There you go. That's the lineup. Oh, wow. Wow. It's It's like they're in the room. Thank you very much. They've changed now. Now it's, I'm David Green. Uh, What's that lady's name? I'm Uh, Diane Reem. Diane Reem has retired for a long time, man. Now it's A1. God, you're not the best. A1, the steak sauce? Uh, (laughs) Oh, maybe it's 1A. Maybe it's 1A. I don't listen to it anymore since Diane Reem is gone. You know how I hate change. I understand. And Mary Louise Kelly, I think, is David Green's co-host now. And she's of note because her response to a lot of things is, "Ah, Welcome to ah, NPR talk. ah." (laughs) That's it. But here we are. It's Sean, Charlie, and Maddie on episode six. And why is it that all women say when a man gets sick... Men are used to pulling the weight of the whole family and of bringing home the bacon so that the woman can properly fry it up in a pan. Sure. So when a man gets sick, he should be allowed to be sick. But a woman is the first person to say, oh, my God, (laughs) that's a man thing. When a man gets sick, nobody's ever been sicker. No, 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 no. None of anything that just came out of your mouth is true. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like none of it. All right. See, what happens is women are expected to still take care of the children, make sure the house is taken care of, make sure the bills are paid, make sure people get where they're supposed to go and all that kind of stuff. Even if they are sick, men get sick. Oh, I'm dying. I can't breathe. Well, I'm just going to lay here. That's because it's been medically proven that when we get sick, it's worse than anything in the world. That has been medically proven. It, that, there's a study. I mean, yeah. but Harvard. My, my stomach kind of hurts and my head kind of hurts. I will and tell I'm you. I'm all stuffed up. <laughs> no, it, men do get sicker than women. And I'm going to die. You know why? Because women are given the incredible 
taxing thing called childbirth. Men could never do that because we can't take it. No, you really can't. You I'm, cannot I'm take sniffles. I'm telling you. No, now, now you're going too far because men, men do get sicker, but we get no respect for it. If we get sick and are genuinely sick, we have to hear that forever. Oh, that's a man thing. You've no, got the man no, no, no. flu. No, 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 no. It's, it's ca- because if you have a stomachache, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling sick in my stomach. I just, I don't know what's going on. I think, I mean, it's just blah, blah, blah. I get a stomachache. No one even knows about it. Listen, it doesn't even come out of my mouth. What are you, what are you trying to say? You guys never know if there's anything wrong with me. <laughs> okay, that's ridiculous because you fire warning shots when you're going to be sick. Like when days you're not in even advance. sick yet. Well, because I, like, I, well, I could be dying. I'm shocked you showed up today. Oh, because I care about you, you two. Yeah, mm. no, that's not it at Listen all. Listen to these headlines. These are real headlines. Is man flu really a thing? From the Harvard Health Journal. Are men just babies when it comes to the flu? Maybe not. A new study shows that men get sicker than women. Man flu, the scientific evidence behind whether <laughs> men get sicker. Why men are much worse at being sick than women, etc. Because they're giant wimps. See, but look, there's science behind this. I don't know why women get so angry when men get sick. Because if women get sick, the house falls apart. If men get sick, life just goes on. I like my life. Because I'm just thinking, like, hearing this whole time conversation, it's like... It's so 50-50 that if one of us gets sick, it's fine. Everything just keeps on moving. It's not like everything grinds to a halt. I wonder if she would say the same thing. I think she would. <laughs> Being a know. person, I'm a person who lives alone. So if I get sick, guess what? I still got to do everything at my house. And I do. All right. Well, well what are you really doing? Nobody, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, uh-huh. does it still make a noise? I mean, If a man gets sick and there's no one around for them to complain to... Are they still really sick? I, I still do all the same stuff, right. which is nothing. I do nothing. <laughs> I think it's you're not as sick because there's no one there to feel sorry for you. I like to just be left alone. And that's the problem. Like, oh, do you want do you want some soup? Do you want me to take care of you? No, leave me be. Oh, my God. I will tell you one exception to my argument is my cousin, Mark, who the kids call Uncle Cuz. I was out on the Eastern Shore the other day, and he was very sick. I'll give it to him. Mm-hmm. But he is, he's this. When you when you hear, oh, that's man flu, or men are always the sickest boy, he is this. He had the flu, and he had the other end. He had them both going at the same mm-hmm. time, and he was just bad off. I mean, talk to him on the phone. Oh, oh I'm sick. Oh, no. Oh, I can't do nothing. So I went to his house to check on him. And he, I hadn't eaten in two days, and last thing I had was two meatloaf sandwiches, and that was two and a half days ago. And I said, well, <laughs> you have to eat something. Do yeah. you have any broth in the house? Yeah, oh, God, yeah, there's broth in there. So I went through the pantry, and I found some broth, and I put it on the stove, and I heated it up, and I said, well, if you were to have toast, what do you use to make toast? Oh, God, no, I can't eat toast. No, oh, my God. <laughs> so I heated up this turkey broth. And I was like, this will give you some strength. Once you eat this, you got to eat something solid, but you have to sip on this. You have to. So I get him a bowl of it. I take it over to him. He goes, oh, this is awful. It's awful. It smells like dog food. It smells like the front yard at the Purdue plant. (laughs) And uh, so he takes, I was like, I'm going to stand here until you eat some of this. You have to eat some of that broth before I will leave here. He took the spoon and placed it to his lips and went, oh, 
Oh. <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, so later on I called to check on him and I said, well, did you eat your broth? Do you feel any better? Oh, no, I put that right down the sink as soon as you got out the door. See, but then why did you even... That's my thing. He didn't want your help. He wanted to just be miserable. And but he be... needed to have some help. Yeah. No. Or maybe he wasn't as sick as he said he Do was. Do you think... Am I am I more of a lady than some guys in in that? You oh on the daily, so <laughs> you're you're quite <laughs> if you, complaining. If you're talking about the going out of your way to take care of somebody, maybe you have more of a maternal side. But on the other side, no one can man flu like you. Right? How dare you, you fire warning shots weeks in advance? Oh, I had a big weekend. I think I'm definitely coming down with something. Oh, but I think I've bounced back. I wasn't feeling great. I took my emergency. I've been making a cocktail. I like to do an emergency with the Alka-Seltzer Plus in it and then wash down four Advils with that. And usually, you know, once that kicks in, I'll snap out of it. Wow. You just sledgehammer that thing. Yeah, man. That can't be. what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah, bruh what you got to do oh i can't imagine putting the it's already bubbly enough and put you put the alka-seltzer in it oh yeah well, the alka-seltzer is what gets rid of the cold well that's what the emergency does no I'll, emergency no. does not get rid of a cold i'll it tell you to prevent i'll tell you what else um you know how people <sighs> used to love those zycams and all that kind Ew, of mess. The zinc the zinc and they would take those zycam q-tips oh they would take those oh. and break that little pack and take that wet Q-tip and jam it as far up your nose as you could get it and slosh that. Close yourself in the brain that a couple around. times. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yes, this is preventing my cold. Well, they've just said that that zinc does nothing. And even the lozenges, you know, those zinc lozenges. That was the worst. They do nothing. I love I love a lozenge. I Do mean, you? I will eat. I will eat a Halls. The the, the vitamin C ones. Ew. Oh, and I love. But the, but uh, what about the zinc you put on your nose? Does that still work? Zinc oxide. Yeah. Well, it, doesn't that take the burn out? Yeah, I think that's all right. Yeah, just don't eat it. <laughs> okay, good. Don't eat that. <laughs> I used to like a lozenge. I can't do them anymore. Oh, I love them. Do you like a strong one, like a fisherman's friend? Or yes, a Ricola. Uh, gee whiz. Oh, I, I just every time I pop one in my mouth, I want to be one of those giant horn players. And yeah, no, I can't yell do Ricola. Them. Do no. you do them? Yeah, if, if I have a sore throat. His, who was it? Somebody that you used to be related to would eat straight Vicks. Oh, it was my ex-wife's great aunt. She, she would just. She would eat it. She would out eat, of the pot? Eat Vicks VapoRub. Yeah, out of the little thing, yeah. yeah. Well, she was crazy old. I don't think you're that far off, though, with the way that you love to eat a lozenge, because it's similar. It's Have got that... you tried Vicks straight out of the jar? You might like it. Yeah. No. <laughs> put, it, put it on a toast square. I don't know what you will, and I guess you're right. I mean, I guess it's all in the presentation. One comes individually wrapped and is meant for your mouth. The other one is in a jar and is more of an ointment. It's near your mouth. What am I I supposed to do? Rub it in my gums? Take take a finger dip? Somebody got a little happy. (laughs) Two fingers and... (laughs) Somebody was rubbing it on their chest vigorously, and it ended up in their mouth. And they're like, hmm. Just a pinch between your cheek and gums. So here's something you've never heard anybody say before, and this is a product of us being people who don't leave for lunch. What is it? Here's a quote. <laughs> Here's a quote from Maddie. Oh, I got ranch on my Z key. <laughs> and when I heard him say that, and he goes, Oh, I got ranch on my Z key. And I'm like, On your Z key? 
you got what on your what? What's Ziki? What are you? What's Ziki? Is he talking about the Greek dressing that I love? Uh, <laughs> recently, I've I've been pointed out that I've been yelling out "fantastic" or declaring uh, band names and not even re- realizing it. I think Ranch on Ziki would be a fun <laughs> band. But yeah, I was eating, and I it, it was funny because I ended up getting it just on my pinky. And then my pinky <laughs> touched the Z key, and I was like, "Oh no! There's we, ranch on my key." Are we missing out on life by not going out to lunch and sitting at our desks eating our lunch in the same spot every day? Because you know, there's people who have these wild adventures. There used to be a guy who worked here, Jim Scott, who now works up at High Point University, who had those horrible purple shoes. But he How used dare to, you? He used to talk about. Those two-hour lunches that he and some of the sales guys would go on, they would go out and they would have these, like, banquets. They would go and eat and eat and eat, and then they would go shopping, and, you know, they would go and buy ugly shoes, and they would laugh, and they would ride around, and, you know, who has time for it? We, when I first started working here, there were um, more girls that were, like, kind of around my age group and whatever, and we yeah, all right. used to take, hush, we all used to take these fantastic long lunches, just like, ooh, where are we going today? Let's go to Red Robin. Let's go to the Italian place. Let's go to this place. Let's go to Oso's, whatever. We would have the best lunches. It was so much fun. Birthday lunches, whatever, Tuesday lunches. Yeah. Yeah, now it's just like, okay, if I even leave, I run down to Jimmy John's and run back with my sandwich and nuke it and sit at my desk. Sure, but do you miss it? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. It's you- the bonding. It's the it's the the good thing that you need that makes you happy at work. Well, what are you saying? Friendships. You got, you got us. I you guys hate me. That is not true. <laughs> no, that's not true. But I mean, it's not the same as like the girl friendship. You know, your work friends. That well, you I can tell all your girls. deep dark secrets to. We can chat. We can I talk about stuff. You. I don't, I'll braid your hair. I don't want to know your secrets. Okay, now it's getting weird. But, um... I'll tell you, when I used to have the opportunity to go out to lunch, it was when I was at top 40 stations like in D.C. and you know Norfolk and Raleigh, whatever, and those record guys would come, mm. and they would want to take you out to extravagant lunches. Oh, yeah, those they were would, awesome. They would want to treat you to these lunches, and I would be there tapping my foot, looking at the clock, nervous as hell, just like, oh, my God, please let me get out of here and get back to work. I hated it so much because I'm so, I'm so, I have such anxiety anyway. You are one of these people, though, that's just like work, 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 work mode. You yeah. you can't take a break from it. No. Like, I know what I need to get done. I'll get it done, whatever. And so I'm okay with leaving for a little bit and enjoying the middle of my day. What about you? You're not a leave for lunch guy ever. No, and I'm 100% like routine. Like, I know exactly what I do when I do it, and none of it involves me. If I have to go find lunch outside of the building, he gets really up- like, he does get anxiety. He's like, Charlie, Charlie, like, where. Where can I get a salad? Yeah. Where where do I get a, a cheeseburger? But that's the other thing too is <laughs> you know what I think also part of it is I've gotten old and I'm in the sense that I'm thinking about what I'm eating and I can't just eat like I think the last time I went and got fast food I won't say where I had such a shame spiral. <laughs> after oh yeah, it. I couldn't believe you were it eating. It seemed that. like a great idea, but then I ate it and I was like, oh uh, god, what have and I done? I could smell it 
coming around the corner down the hall, I knew what you were eating. I was so excited, and then I ate it, and it was like, no. And a lot of times, I just bring my lunch from home, so I just heat it up, and I'm doing stuff on my computer the entire time anyway. Me too. I'm working the whole way through It's not like we have a cafeteria to go hang out with. Oh, gosh, I wish we did. I love my lunch plan these last several months. I just so love it. I look forward to it every day. You mean chicken salad? My chicken salad and celery. He brings chicken salad, celery, and sometimes brings some little crackers. Don't just say that's lunch. You eat that three times a day sometimes yeah sometimes i don't understand i've that. been i've been doing the Every crackers day. too much so I'm, I'm off the crackers for a little while i'm only doing the celery because i felt like i was doing the crackers too much i just i don't see how you can be so routine in what you eat like i would hate chicken salad oh, i love that. it but see i'm you know what though and like every morning for breakfast i eat the exact same thing when i'm here it's like a packet of oatmeal i have my coffee and that's it like that is Five days a week. That's I don't I even do. eat the same thing for breakfast. Like I go through phases. I eat cereal for a while and then I eat, um, you know, I might bring eggs. I might bring no, yogurt. No. What? All this right. This is crazy. Do you guys, I've been meaning to ask you this and I'm, I'm, I'm very serious about this and I'm sorry if this hurts anybody's feelings or if this catches anybody off guard, but I've been meaning to ask you to this I'm, and I'm serious. Do either of you have any questions about the Three Stooges for me? Nope. Anything you know, that, you didn't give us time to prepare. I had so many. There's a list in my yeah. office, but I can't leave and go get it. So. Okay. What, what about you? Why? What made you think of that? Because, I mean, honestly, I feel as if you volunteered more information than I ever asked for. What was the nugget that you remember that you thought, wow, that's an interesting thing that he volunteered about the Three Stooges? Um, I, I, the, You know, the biggest thing I, I keep coming back to is I know the name Ted Healy. Oh, Ted Healy, yeah. He was he was the biggest star in Hollywood in his day. Yeah, yeah. Milton Berle uh-huh. stole his entire act from Ted Healy, as did Bob Hope, Fred Allen. The list goes on. Well, then why did they get so famous and Ted Healy did not? Ted Healy died in 1936. Oh. He would have continued. That trajectory was flying high. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, got in a, he, he was a bad drinker, and he got in a bad bar fight. Oh. The day after his son was born, he got in a really bad, uh, the night after his son was born, he got in a really bad bar fight. This is just getting very tragic all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, it wasn't great. But um, they <laughs> had left him, they had been working with him and they left and by that time, 1936, they'd been at Columbia for two years and they had the very successful short features and so they were doing great when he died. All right, wait, all right, stop right there. Yes. I know one. Where did it all start? Like, where did your obsession, because I've heard of people being into stuff, uh-huh. but to the point where you are an encyclopedia of knowledge about all things Stooges, and you'll constantly bring me in your office, brah, brah, look at this, look at this. What do you think of this? And I'm like, ah, it's a really old photo. You're like, it's not just any old photo. <laughs> this is a rare blah, blah, blah. Because back then, and- they only did this this way, and then da, 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 da. And yeah. so this one would not be would not have happened this way. So oh, wow. Look, you pay attention to that like, stuff. Like, you know well, all these things. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I loved watching them when I was a little kid, and then I bought a poster when I was in Europe, when I was a kid, and that got me on to buying stuff, and then I joined the fan club, and I realized that Moe's, I mean, Larry's brother Moe, not Moe from the Stooges, but Larry's brother Moe Feinberg, was the president of the Three Stooges fan club, so I looked up his phone number, actually called information back then, is how you had to do it, got his phone number, called him, started bugging him, found out that he was a line on buying some other cool stuff, 
and it started from there. See, I think that says a lot about you because that's not even something that my head would even go there. And at, how old were you when you started doing this? Uh, in 10, 11, 12, 13. I can't When even. you called Mo, how old were you? That was before Europe, actually. So I was probably 10, 11 when I called wow. Mo. I mean, yeah, as a kid, I'd be like, I can't call Blah, blah, blah. They live in Hollywood. Yeah. I don't even know what I was that into. Like, I mean, I guess I like Star Wars and stuff, but I don't think I was ever like 100% passionate about I anything. To, I used to call anybody like that. Like if somebody did something stupid on TV, I would find their phone number. I would I would call information in Hollywood. Or if somebody like on the news, Channel 11 out of I Raleigh. I can just hear your mom. Sean, why did you call <laughs> Pittsburgh? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I was always doing stuff like that. That's interesting to me more than anything that you would even think as a kid to do that to like to call people because I guess people do that when they really write letters to their you know favorite celebrities back in the day and whatever else. Nowadays you just tweet at them and yeah, maybe they tweet right. you back. So different. It's, it's so different. They have no idea what it's like to write a letter to the fan club and then get that um, it, carbon copied thing that everyone got, but you felt like you were so special. That you got something back from their fan club. Well, see, that's the thing. I came along too late in the game to get the real attention, but Larry and Mo were alive until 1975. They both died that year, but they both wrote back to everything they oh, got. Really? And they used to, there's letters that are out in circulation now that collectors have that are so funny because it'll be like Mo and Larry both saying, Hey, you write to me. I get a letter from you every day. You know that I write back to every letter but this is really getting out of hand. And that's the response. <laughs> wow. And it'll be like an autographed picture. Hello, Morris, again. Thanks for writing again. <laughs> and then one time, Mo went so far as to have his wife type a letter to this kid who was writing to him every day and tell him that he was in Europe on business and wasn't going to be able to write back for the next year or whatever because the kid was literally writing to him every day. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. But they wrote back to everybody who wrote to him. And then later on, I wrote to Joe Besser, who came in after Shemp died, and he wrote me back. And I wrote to Curly Joe Dorita. He was blind at the time, but he was still signing cards. He wrote me back. Um, Emil Sitka was in a bunch of their shorts. He was he took Larry's part. It never got off the ground, but he, he took Larry's part at the very end. And he wrote me something, and then he died, and then his son sent it to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, none of that would happen today. No. Like, I don't think any of that. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know where you could begin to write a letter to somebody and they would even know how to open it. I, <laughs> I tell you what, I bet you I could find it. If you have somebody in particular, I'll make it a project. You tell me who it is and I'll find it. I love stuff like this. Yeah, I feel like, you know, they're for still from the old school of Hollywood where they actually, like, that was important to them to write back to all their oh, fans. Yeah. Even by the time, like, I was, you know, joining the Bon Jovi fan club and stuff, it was form letters. There yeah. was nothing personal. You know, talking about Ted Healy, he used to do something amazing. I have several letters that he wrote to fans back in the early 30s where they would send him a fan letter, hey, love your work, whatever. He would send back an autographed picture and with it a letter, which was basically a promotional piece for his next movie mm. that would say, hey, thanks so much for your letter. My next movie is called Speed. It's out in theaters on this date. Be sure to go see it. If it's not in your theaters, call the theater and tell them about it. Take your friends. And there's a lot of examples of him doing that, which is brilliant. Not everybody did that. Oh, sure. And they had to do their own promotion back then. Yeah. 
Also, that you know, think about it this way: you talk about you know, oh, you could track down if I wanted to write a letter. There's a big difference, I feel like, between a 12-year-old kid who idolizes a celebrity and writes him a letter and a 45-year-old radio guy who writes a letter. <laughs> Dear Dave Grohl, I think you're pretty neat. My favorite color is blue. What's yours? <laughs> I saw you like barbecue. <laughs> Tell me more. I don't know. I mean, what you got to find a connection point. What's your connection point with Dave Grohl? Really? I mean, if you, if you sat down and thought about it, if you ran into Dave Grohl at a social event, what would you talk to him about? The biggest thing right off is I want to know more about him and his fascination with cooking. Because he was talking about during, I think, the last wildfires that he set up and was doing like a giant, you know, he had barbecue going and he was doing all sorts of stuff. So I think that would be cool just to hear how he's kind of got like I've heard a lot of guys who get into cooking and stuff. Okay, so what do you have to offer him? Do you have any like local signature sauce or rub or anything like that where you could send Dave Grohl a barbecue care package. Hey man, I know you're into cooking. I am too. This is one of my favorite things to season pork with. Give it a try. Let me know if you like it. Boom. Yeah. I mean, maybe I have a couple, like I love the savory spice shop and I've got a couple that I use all the time. So that's a possibility when you put it like that. As as celebrities, you cannot eat any food that's sent to you by fans. So that's going to fail miserably. (laughs) Unless it's a no-bake cherry yum yum. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad name. I've got you a delicious no-bake cherry yum yum, Dave Grohl. I made it myself. And my cats helped. Oh, but that's another thing, too. Thing. It's like, well, there's how enough you- <laughs> to share. I know you have a lot of friends. Your friends will love it. They, I made two. You can take one home. <laughs> and there's one for your tour van. I like how suddenly yeah, your cherry <laughs> yum yum is from Baltimore. Came home. He's that, a Jewish grandmother. But that's the other problem too. Is it's like, and I think that goes back to why I haven't written a letter. Is that I also there's no one that I feel that passionately about to actually want to reach out to them, which then goes back to the Stooges. What about one the events? The Avids? Yeah. But that's another one where I'm like, hey, I dig your music. That's cool. You guys do cool stuff. Like, I don't, I'm not like. I come see you every single New Year's Eve. I've rung in the past 10 New Year's with you. It's like we're we're starting our new lives. <laughs> yeah. But they, they'd be like, yeah, so do uh, 18,000 other people. Yeah, I mean, Thanks, that's, bro. And that's the thing. Like, I, you know, would I like to, you know, talk to Trent Reznor? Yes. Do I think that we'd become besties? No. Like, I don't have any grand aspirations. I don't think Dave and I are going to, you know, hold hands, skip off into the you sunset. You don't know that. See, you're, you're going into this with the wrong attitude. We both, we both like coffee. Uh, we he like, likes a fresh pot. Yeah, you had a fresh pot this morning. You were all about, how pot. old do you think this coffee is? Well, because it makes a difference with our, our questionable coffee. I don't think it was old to begin with. It was that time of the morning Bro, when everybody's making more pots. <laughs> there's there's so many no-bake recipes that I think you guys would enjoy. And Dave Grohl would... Oreo cookie balls are a great oh, no-bake yum. option. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut butter no-bake cookies look great. No-bake cheesecake is out there for you uh-huh. to enjoy. A s'mores cheese ball would be... Oh, icebox cake. I bet Dave Grohl or Trent Reznor would enjoy that. Banana pudding <laughs> cheesecake bars on the tour bus would be something he would... 
confetti squares. I mailed I'm, you some confetti squares. <laughs> I hope they find you well. Best regards, your biggest fan, 45-year-old Matt. <laughs> you have to say, your friend, because that's what little Love. Johnny always said when he wrote fan letters. You know, your friend, Johnny. You know, we do have that thing in, in the radio business about not eating food that comes from where you don't know where. Like if food just shows up, you you generally don't eat it. Some people don't. But, I do. But that time that cherry yum yum showed up, holy, it was just, and I've made it since then. It's what it is, is like something on the bottom. It could be graham cracker crumbs or whatever. And then cherry pie filling, mm-hmm. a lot of cherry pie filling. And then like Cool Whip or whatever on top. And how could you not eat almost all of that? And it was like one of these. It was like a swimming pool size Like pan. a 13 by 9 Holy. giant. No, way bigger, bigger than, than that. that. Hotel way pan. Big. Huh? Like the big yeah. hotel pan. Yeah, like a catering pan. And the wow. lady, I didn't see the lady very well. I saw that it got left, and I was like, what? And before anybody else could touch it, I was like, oh, got to get that out of here. I was doing mornings at the time. So I got off the air and I got that and put that right in the car and went on home with it. Oh, you took the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't believe how much of that I ate. Oh. I mean, with the serving spoon, man. The best, and it wasn't, we did know where it came from, but the best I've ever seen any food delivered to a radio station ever get just absolutely demolished was when your guy Tom brought that turkey. Oh, my God. It was like feral animals finally saw food for yeah. the first time in years. We descended upon it, just clawing at it. Just <laughs> we ate that. Meat. We ate right in the studio. Yes, no utensils, just ripping meat off. I, I again. It was a uh, smoked turkey, and uh, it was slow smoked, and it was so salty, and it was so good, and it was just pull apart. It was so <laughs> slow cooked, just clawing it. And yeah. yeah, it was me and him and Skip and Carmen. That was it, right? Maybe. I think it was just the four of us at the time. <laughs> oh, so good. I don't remember if Amy was in on that or not. I don't but know. But I remember he just eating it with my hands, <gasps> and I was like, I think I'm sweating. And then somebody, <laughs> I don't care. Somebody said, oh my God, you are sweating. I, I had meat sweats from eating that turkey <laughs> with my hands. Oh, it was so good. You know, I just it always goes back to not eating what what people bring you. I guess it always goes back to something that was passed on. Like it's not even something I experienced, but everyone's like, "Oh, you never know. Someone a, a crazed fan might have poisoned it." Ooh, well, it's been a strong ride. But and that I think, and that also goes back to like I think somebody who thought they were a much bigger deal than they were. Yeah, there because you go. I mean, right? Yeah, because nine times out of ten, it's just someone who genuinely is like. You know what? I love Sean and Maddie and Charlie, and I want to bake them a pound cake. I put some of my hair in it, and I put more of my hair no, in a bottle with some nails and I'm some s- dirt from their front yard, and then I shook no. it and screamed at it, and then I buried it. That's the tenth person. Oh. Nine out of ten, oh. it's totally legit. Oh. Well, now that we talk about that, you know, then maybe Dave Grohl would eat my barbecue rub that I've sent him. Maybe it if it's in a sealed package. Dear yeah. Dave. Depends on- I swear, I do not a- have any hair on my head to have put in your food or in a bottle with nails and dirt and scream at it and bury it, thus making a spell to I put on I have no you. cats to have walked through this meal. I apologize. <laughs> if you find any hair, I do have three dogs, and it's unavoidable. In the enclosed picture, you will notice a beard. I do have a beard net. Most... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, I put one of those on one time as a joke. I didn't realize how that worked. 
Yeah. I am so glad that I never had to wear one of those. It is so ridiculous. Oh, don't you love when you go to Teeter and the meat guy's the back one there? Guy. Yeah. He's wearing a beard oh, net. Guy. I always feel bad. There's like the one guy who works behind the counter and he's got the biggest beard and he's got that awful reverse hairnet and it is just the net of miserable. Shame. Just sitting there smelling your beard and your oh, mouth and your Tell me how you would have reacted. Speaking of Teeter, then we gotta get out of here. There was a guy at the teeter, and what's up with the eggs? Because we went the other day to get eggs and looked at like six cartons. Every one had at least one or two broken eggs in it, and we got one that we thought didn't have any broken. My little girl's my eyes. Yeah. Got it home, definitely had a broken one in it. So that's six out of six broken eggs. So once I get to about the third one, what I do is I go back to one of the first ones uh, and replace it. You are slick. As long as it's not like leaky broken. All right. So the guy's standing there, and he's unloading eggs off of this cart, tall as me, nothing but eggs on it. And he's surrounded by eggs, eggs on and off. And I go, excuse me, are you a big Beatles fan? <laughs> And he, he looks at me like, huh? What? Yeah, what are, huh? what, what are you talking about, dude? I'm just trying to load my eggs. Because you are the egg man, cuckoo could you? <laughs> oh, God, did he smack you? He looked like he really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him. All right, so listen, thanks a lot for joining <laughs> no, us on it. episode six <laughs> of the podcast. Any any parting thoughts or phrases, Charlie? Uh, just, you know, move one egg over to the fresh carton you're gonna be good brilliant love that you're welcome dave Kroll. i swear i'm okay i'm a nice guy you can accept my seasonings tell your friends like us rate us whatever you want to do we'll see you next time all right bye uh, this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.